Welcome to That's Deep with Eden and Jess. Today we are reflecting on our conversation with Eric and Tracy Walterkins, fellow podcasters, both in the Appleton Podcast Co-op with us and others in the area, and um, both work on a podcast together called Stigmas and Open Wounds. So we talked about that podcast and about mental health and how they are breaking mental health stigmas. Um, I love the episode. Uh, it was fun and there was laughter throughout. Mm. Uh, it was kind of a comfortable energy when they sat down. They're certainly comfortable together um, and kind of just open discussion about the things that give them energy that they're passionate about. Um, yeah, I love conversations about mental health. Mm-hmm. I um, absolutely love what they're doing with the podcast and how they're doing that together. Yeah. Um, I talk a lot about the, the need to um, break, break down stigma, destigmatize mental health mm-hmm. uh, and mental health therapy. Um, and they're doing it. Yeah. They're doing it as part of their podcast. I think uh, I learned a bunch uh, just having open conversation about the stuff that Tracy's going through, what it's like, her journey, Mm -hmm. and how Eric is supporting that. Mm -hmm. Um, He he introduced me to a few concepts and got me thinking about uh, neurodivergence or neurodiversity. different ways in which the brain interprets information and thinks and processes things, then how that relates to um, mental illness. Um, so I have a bunch of reading to do in that space. Um, but even just kind of the transition of brains work differently and process information differently, and that's okay. Yeah. And let's celebrate that. Yeah. Uh, let's celebrate Tracy's... Um, mental illness and what it does in the way in which she thinks um, because it's unique and it's different and we need that mm-hmm. uh, as a society, as, as people think about things and talk about things. Yeah. Uh, so that from the, the kind of that first half of the conversation related to mental health are the mm-hmm. things that stick out to me. Um, there doing and learning together as they are um, working on this on this podcast together and um, one of the things one of the few highlights for me was Tracy talking about being more comfortable talking about her mental health Mm -hmm. journey and being more comfortable just being herself even if that looks different from other people just being herself um, one of the thing, uh, another thing was, um, uh, just talking about podcasting in general, because Eric, uh, separately with others has a bunch of other podcasts that he works on. So thinking about audience, which makes me think about what we're doing here as well. And are we doing the show for a particular audience or does a particular audience 
is a particular audience just drawn to our personalities. And his kind of thought on that was do the show for the audience that already likes you. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was just sort of, you know, not mental health related, but broad podcast topic yeah. related. And be yourself and be authentic. Yeah. Don't try to change yourself to grow audience. Right. Well, I think is what he was, yeah. was a takeaway what he was talking about. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, one of the things that I, of course, love and express in the episode is that they are doing this together and the support that they show each other throughout, both in the episode and in their um, podcast. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I don't think that we probably need to say too much more. It was a super fun episode listening back to it i think we both agree that there was serious topics but there was also a lot of fun conversation Mm -hmm. and laughter Mm -hmm. so enjoy the episode thank you eric and tracy for being on and thank you all for watching and thanks for listening thanks all Welcome to That's Deep with Eden and Jess. Today we are having a conversation with Eric and Tracy Walter. Well, I knew I was going to fuck it Or we'll leave it in. <laughs> Walterkins. You got, yep. you got her. Yay. Yep. <laughs> Fellow podcasters um, who we have met at the Appleton Podcast Co-op. Um, and yeah, they're going to share kind of their story of various different things, podcasting, yeah. mental health, travel, Yeah, really yeah. whatever you want to share. <laughs> we got lots to share, I guess. Yeah. So. Thanks for being on, guys. Yes. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thank you. Um, where do you want to start? Oh, gosh. What are some, is there like a project that you're currently working on or... I can talk about projects I'm currently yeah, working on for yes. sure. Um, I'm currently working on, I got like a couple projects in the in the works right now. And one of them is, so my, my day job as in my business is I sell media through, the, through Amazon.com. And I also work with other clients to help them procure inventory for, for their Amazon businesses as well, using mm. a number of my suppliers and things like that. And I'm looking to expand that into basically kind of a, more on the education side, uh, coaching side of it. So we're looking at offering services that allow people at any time, if they have a question about their business, to send emails to us, talking about those uh, asking those questions and getting answers rather than going on to a Facebook platform and mm-hmm. asking the question and getting oh, yelled sure. at by mm-hmm. 13 people mm-hmm. for asking a question mm-hmm. and the other, you know, one person says, hey, go look up YouTube. They have tons of videos that explain that. So we're trying to tackle that as well as offer some other services similar to that that are a little more advanced into the coaching mm-hmm. side of it. What's the name of the company? Uh, Kings Ridge Media. Yeah. 
Ta-da! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I like the color, colorfulness of the Th- shirt. That's all her, so... Oh. Yep, uh, I that, that's, that. that's her <laughs> design. <laughs> so. yeah. and, and you built a, a custom database. Is that the secret sauce? The Kind of a, a way to search and query... I, I kind of... That, that's my understanding. I just did a little bit of research about kind of how you built it and what you built. So there. I didn't, I, I cannot take any credit <laughs> yeah. for building the database. Yeah. My friend built the database, yeah. but, but yeah, so basically what it is for the wholesale business, how we do it is we have suppliers that will send us a list of 500,000 books that are currently available today. And we, we run that list through this software and this software just kind of pings Amazon yeah. and gets pricing information for it and then returns an Excel spreadsheet with all the Amazon data attached to it. And then we just mm. set filters based on what, what I want or whatever one of my clients mm. wants and then we can just order off the list. Oh, so, nice. so yeah, it's a unique business and it, but it works and it's been very... That part of it has been in existence for maybe three years, and it just exploded. That's cool. I think I saw a yeah. Postcrossing article or something. Where oh, did you? Yeah. 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 Yep. Right? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I forgot yeah. about that. That was yeah. great. What was the inspiration for that? Did you just see a need, a gap in that? I, I mean, a very deep passion of mine is to help people. Mm-hmm. So that's part of it. And then the other part of it was was that there's a there's similar things that do what that what I'm doing, right? But I I hated every one of them, mm-hmm. and and the the reason like the conclusion I came to why I hated them was because they were selling a software to people, and because of that they had to, they wanted to sell this software to five ten thousand people, and to be able to do that, you're gonna run out of good inventory at a certain point in time so all of these systems Mm -hmm. took kind of crippled their software okay so that yes they would work Mm -hmm. but what i can now do with my software in 10 minutes people would spend hours and hours in front of a computer trying to do and it was Mm -hmm. just because they had to do that because otherwise they could only sell a certain amount of licenses Mm -hmm. otherwise the software would be completely useless Mm -hmm. so it was seeing that the way it was done was not right, and then just seeing the opportunity that I, my suppliers had more inventory than I could ever do anything with, and then coupling of just, I like helping people. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, I'm an Amazon seller, and when you're an Amazon seller, one of the things is, is you're selling on one platform. Mm-hmm. and Anybody that's ever sold on one platform, it's a terrible idea because that platform can cut you off and and kill your business at any point in time. So this was also a way to diversify and start having streams of income coming in that were not Amazon. Okay. So, so yeah. And then on top of that, I also, with a friend of mine, so I got connected to a couple of people. So I also teach entrepreneur classes at the tech and Mm -hmm. I got connected to a couple of people that wanted to start businesses and they're just they were riddled with credit card debt like so many people in the world are Mm -hmm. today and so I ended up volunteering to help them like kind of work through that and my friend he's also he's been through he's been through bankruptcy and things like that so 
as I was working with these these people, I used him as a reference point to kind of like, okay, if they go, if this goes into collections, what happens? What's in, what's going to happen to them and things like that. And from that, we decided that working on that, we decided he just asked me one day. He's like. I would love to start something like this. So do you want to start something like that? So that one's way down the road yet. We're still working through it, but, but I hopefully will be able to launch something similar to that. That's just kind of, it's going to be like a combination of an online course with like I was talking about the, where you can open a case anytime you want with somebody to have a question answered mm -hmm. that somebody can subscribe to, to help them figure out how to navigate their finances. Oh, so. that's cool. That's how awesome. long have you been yeah. teaching at the tech? Um, so I've been teaching like probably three years yeah. and yeah, so. the, but initially I was only teaching, I, they asked me to create a course about selling on Amazon yeah. mm -hmm. and that course never, I mean, it gets signups, but it doesn't get a lot of signups. So I wasn't teaching a lot, but then this past year they asked me to take, uh, one of the guys kind of step back from teaching their main, like, it's actually through the Venture Center, which is just a department of the tech, I guess I would explain it, that's specifically focused on entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And she asked me to step in and start teaching, like, their flagship course, which is called ECD. It's like a 10-week course okay. that, that teaches you how to, gives you tips on how to start your business and brings in industry experts to, to help you, guide you through it and stuff like that, so... Professor Walter Kins or Dr. Walter Kins or <laughs> Both sound weird. Let's not, let's <laughs> not do that. Let's not do that. Let's yeah, not no. do that. No, like, <laughs> you enjoy it. You enjoy, I, I you enjoy do, doing it. Yeah. I do yeah. it. I do it. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of weirdness to teaching. Mm -hmm. You know, like teaching is one of those things where, and maybe this is just me, but I always get like, I always teach a class and then I feel, feel like I left and I'm like, did anybody actually learn anything yeah. in that class? Yeah. You know, and I, I don't know if that's just me or if that's just the nature of teaching, where it's like I just feel like I never give the people enough. Mm -hmm. But but there, I know I'm giving them enough because I was on the other side taking that class at one point in time, and I realized how big of a benefit it was to mm -hmm. me when I took mm -hmm. that class. So. I feel some of that in presentations when I'm giving a presentation. Yeah, like, 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 what did they even take away yeah. here? Yeah, and, and it's yeah. really hard because you know they do take they give you everybody surveys and everybody fills feedback. out surveys, yeah. but you know that everybody's yeah. just gonna give it good. Marks, you know, <laughs> yeah, and you're like, know. Did it, was it really that know. good? Like, like everybody gives a five on everything, but was it that good? So well, and you've had students talk to you at the end of certain classes and then you're like oh well that felt really good afterwards yeah but so I, always, like I always go back to the theory on that of they're not going to tell me it was bad <laughs> but know, they could just walk out they, yeah, yeah they, they could just walk nothing. out yeah yeah, yeah. 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 totally so. so what's your passion project tracy what are my you working passion on project yeah. well right now honestly right now my passion is just the podcasting mm. but um i was doing a lot of photography for a while and uh, I decided to close down my pet photography business because one, it just, it wasn't gaining a lot of traction, which was fine because I, during that time, I realized that with pet photography, 
the owners come along, and I don't always like that. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm not a huge... just work with the pets. <laughs> yeah. I, love, I love pets. But I don't always like people. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So then I started to rethink it, and I was like, okay, so maybe I can do travel photography. Mm-hmm. And... I was kind of working on that for a while. I do, haven't edited all my photos that I have from that. So I need to really hone in and do that because I think I can sell some of the photos that I have. Because especially from Portugal, I have some really, really great mm. photos. Um, so I really want to sell some of those and stuff. But the problem is, is what we realized on the last trip was, man, I have a big camera with big lenses. And I only mm. bring a couple anyway, but still... That's a whole other big thing to carry. And right. if we want to get our luggage down, so I'm not for, for sure if I want to do that. I might look into getting some things for my phone where I can do that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm still kind of rethinking how I want to do photography as a business if I want to do that. So in terms of business, passion project, photography is still definitely a passion, passion project. Uh, whether it'll become a business, We'll see. We'll right. see. Yeah. At least right now, Eric's got a lot in the fire where he's making us money <laughs> and he's not putting pressure on me. Yeah. So it's just one of those things where I like to be able to say, well, I'm contributing too. <laughs> but, right. you know, sure. it's I, if I'm not, he's not putting any pressure on me. So we have mm. a really good relationship in that way. So, yeah, right now, passion is still obviously photography and podcasting is is super rad. I love it. So, ta- so. let's get into the podcast. Oh. Yeah. Stigmas and open wounds. Yeah. You got the shirt on too. In the yeah, I have the shirt on. I know. We 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 you, came dressed prepared. That's your artwork. Too. Yes. Yeah. yeah cool. Well. Yeah. Technically, it was it was an Adobe stock photo, but then I I kind of edited it a okay. little bit. Yeah. So can't take full credit, but I want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. You redesigned it a little bit. I did yeah. redesign it a little bit. Yeah. So, but yeah. So talk about the inspiration behind the podcast, behind stigmas and open yeah, yeah. Of course, so, Eric has several others. But fun. Yeah, he has a lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, that one mainly what it was was I was like somebody out there, and I know that there are other podcasts that do some some similar things, but I have a lot to say about about mental health and stuff Mm -hmm. and it doesn't need to be a stigma and I started making it okay for me to talk about having mental health issues with one of my last jobs that I had I told my boss or at least my overseeing boss I was like so just so you know if I need to take a bathroom break because I'm having anxiety or something that's that's what's happening Mm -hmm. and she was super cool with it a lot of bosses probably wouldn't be, mm-hmm. but I thought I felt okay telling her that, and uh, and actually just just being open with that. And then I started, you know, not being completely open, just walking into a room and just being like, "Yeah, I'm bipolar, Tracy. What's up?" <laughs> you know, but I was just being a little bit more open, where if somebody said that maybe they were having an issue or I had an issue or something where I was like, yeah, well, you know, I'm bipolar. So this or something where if it fit into the conversation, maybe I would say it. Yeah. And 
you know, and not to the point where people would get exhausted hearing it, mm-hmm. but to the point where I made it okay to say it, you mm-hmm. know, where it's like, if you have a, a bum foot, if you have a broken arm, it's okay to say it. Well, it should be okay to say that you have mental issues mm-hmm. too. And especially because people cannot see that you're having these issues right. yeah. unless you're just physically like freaking out or you're physically tired and but people don't know why you're exhausted all the time because mm-hmm. you're trying to keep it together. So, I wanted to just be able to tell people like so this is what's going on with me, you know. Yeah, I have a migraine today again because I always have a migraine. <laughs> you know, and I wanted to be able to tell people what is going on with me without people judging me because mm-hmm. this is such a stigma. And people think people are faking it. And I swear to God, I'm, I don't fake these things. And, right. and, yeah. and then with that, I started to really do more research. And I started to find out so much more about myself, which is mm-hmm. just super, super cool. Yeah. And then Eric actually ended up finding out more, too, because, you know, it's just been a huge, huge learning curve for, for both of us. And I keep learning. <laughs> it was a really powerful thing because I felt like for the first time at, when we started her podcast, it was the first time ever in her life. Most people that have these kind of um, illnesses, they ignore them or they try to pretend mm-hmm. they're not there. And this was the first time I ever seen her like face head first into mm-hmm. this condition. Mm-hmm. And because of that, it we learned so much about her, about the condition, right. about, you know, why, why things happen the way they do and stuff like that. And so, I mean, the idea behind the podcast was to make other people realize, you know, this isn't a bad thing. This is something yeah. that people have. And in all honesty, the biggest benefit of it has been how much we've learned yeah. from doing it. Yeah. So... Yeah, I mean, and the thing is, like, like I, I've said on, on the podcast is that, yeah, I've I faced it a little bit, but not to the point of where I should have. I'm like, yeah, I'm bipolar and, and you know, I, I have ups and I have downs and then I have middle days. But that's about all that I that I knew. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I maybe learned a little bit more than that. But I didn't know that that there was so much more to it and that, you know, I could be exhausted for just because, because I'm just dealing with this, you know, that, that maybe just on a normal day, I am just way more exhausted than Eric because I'm just fighting this battle every mm-hmm. single day. And, um, and yeah, so it's just, I'm just learning so much more. And now I'm, I'm reading these neurodivergent books. He already read mm-hmm. one of them. Actually, he's reading another one, one now. Right now. Yeah. And, uh, and, and this is something that I didn't even know exists. Well, it didn't exist until I think 2009 or something, but I didn't know existed. So now because of that. the science is new. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, Like the the term is, is new. Um, it's just basically to say that if you have something like bipolar anxiety or you're on the spectrum or just something like that Mm -hmm. that it's you're not abnormal you're neurodivergent Mm -hmm. instead of neurotypical Mm -hmm. and um Mm -hmm. so it's it's kind of like you're grouping people in like the groups like in high school but you know it's it's trying to focus on the fact that because somebody has adhd or whatever the condition mm -hmm. is they're not they're not well they're different but they're not like dysfunctional or or there's something wrong they're just different 
you know, they're just, they're just different yeah. people. They see things differently than you, you know, yeah. like, like one of the big things in the book I'm talking, reading right now is they talk about ADHD and it's, that's somebody can't pay attention to something. And it's not actually that the person can't pay attention to something. It's just that everything that we pay attention to, they don't really see that, but they see everything else around mm. it. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. what they're focusing okay. on. They're yeah. focusing on completely different things. And a bunch of completely different things, which if you think about that, that's actually an advantage. Right. You know, like right. if you're well, going into a situation, you should want to have you so you can see the thing that right. everybody so, sees. And you should want that ADHD so person to see everything else. So, you yeah. know. Kind yeah, of an I example of this yeah. is, I don't think I'm necessarily ADHD, but there's, there's certain things in my head that are very similar to it. Mm -hmm. So when we were... We were trying to find our hotel when we were recently in Bogota, Colombia, and they have tons of murals there, which I really wish we had. <laughs> and and, and somehow have, we have paint a few. Some murals. Yeah, yeah, few. We have a few. We're getting there. Right. Right. <laughs> so so somehow the street numbers got really messed up, and we're like, no, we're on this street. We're on this street. And then finally, I was like. That mural, that mural is right by our, it's on the corner, you know, and it's, it's little things like that, that I, that I just knew that we passed by that mural like a hundred mm. times just to get to our hotel. But I don't think he had noticed that that was the mural by our hotel. Mm -hmm. So it's just little things that, that fire in your head. And so, yeah, we're all different. It's just not necessarily that, you know, people have been saying that certain people are bad, different. No, you're not bad different. Yeah, it's yeah. just people get annoyed by other people and and that's that's wrong. You just have to have the patience because what what I might be worse at or slower at or whatever, what what might frustrate Eric at other certain times, he might just love me for other reasons because I might excel or just be different or goofy at other times. What I love mm -hmm. about the podcast is that it's both of you talking together right. about this. Mm -hmm. And so you yeah. see right away the support that oh. you have that mm -hmm. Eric has for Tracy and that Tracy yeah. has for Eric. And um, so I, I love Thanks. that. I love that. Yeah, it's it's taken a lot of a lot of work, you know. Mm -hmm. If I had to, if I had to get into another relationship again, I think it would be really hard. <laughs> it really, because I mean, and Eric from the beginning has been very supportive with with everything with me. But but man, I I have to give him praise because I, I swear I'm not the easiest person. But mm -hmm. like he says, I not nobody is easy either. Yeah. So. Uh, I'm a mental health advocate and uh, truly courageous in what you're doing with that Thank to destigmatize it. Mm -hmm. uh, and similarly, the support piece of it. Yeah. How to partner with someone, how to love someone, what that's like, to yeah. share thoughts on that mm -hmm. uh, will help and has helped, mm -hmm. I'm sure, um, so many just to have conversation about it, reduce stigma about it. And I mean, you guys are learning things about it and studying right. it, yeah. doing research. And, and that's where <clears> I would <throat> love to see it go is I dream of the day when somebody from our audience reaches out to us and wants to become part of it too. Yeah. Yeah. Just so that they, they can face some of their demons and really, you know, tackle them head on and see, you know, if they can get the same kind of results that we've gotten from just mm -hmm. recording the podcast. Yeah. And then I hope. Right. 
Yeah, because we always tell people like, hey, just keep a journal, whether it's something like a podcast that only you listen to, whether it's an actual journal. And I I say sometimes when I actually write it down, I'm like, okay, I got to stop. My hand hurts. Mm. (laughs) You know, so that's why sometimes if you just record it, it, it's fun. Mm. But, you know, when you can record it in your phone, you can... But, but yeah, a journal is just some of the greatest things. Or when you talk, I mean, we, we have some really great talks about it. So, yeah, just just being able to do some stuff like that, you just learn so much. And, and having a partner, whether it's a, a good friend, whether it's a, an actual partner, it's mm-hmm. it's a really great thing to, to have. That's when it'll so. come full circle, when you get a guest on to say, oh, I haven't yeah. talked about this and yeah. I want to talk about yeah. this. Yeah. yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, and that's the end goal. And I mean, I could envision the podcast becoming something where maybe it's a different couple every podcast. That'd be You know, fun. like ongoing, you know, like we increase the amount of episodes that are released, but it's just a couple like us doing exactly what we're doing, right. except telling their story and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. That would be like the dream goal of it all whether we'll get there we'll see but yeah you know that's i like that yeah there's just an article in the post crescent about mental health and about the rise in suicide in our community uh, and one of the stats mm-hmm. was they're just talking about how it's not accessible how, how traditional mental health therapy is not accessible for a good chunk of society for for whatever the reasons um money and and health insurance but um 70% of those that were a part of the research said they would rather turn to a friend or mm-hmm. a non-professional to have conversation or support. And, and so, uh, sometimes like that's is, all you yeah, need. And, yeah. And right, by, at least start the conversation. Yeah. yeah. And by no means am I an expert yeah. in this, but from what I see of it, I feel like finding a support system like we have between the two of us is way more effective because I honestly feel like when they treat mental health issues as what they're trying to do is they're trying to steer everybody to be normal. Hmm. And I don't think that's an effective way, you know, instead of, instead of looking at Tracy and saying, Tracy, what can we do to make you more like everybody else? We should be looking at what can we do to embrace what's special about Tracy. Mm -hmm. And granted it is, it is very hard because, because right now, you know, you have to, to be like, okay, so if you're, if you're, especially if you're younger, we need to get you to, to fit in, in this, this normal world, unfortunate or normal, quote unquote, you know, in this society, you know, make it through high school, junior high, whatever. And then, you know, make it through work because you can be a little bit more quirky when you get older. You can be, (laughs) if you're quirky and funny when you're younger, Hey, I'll go for it. (laughs) But you know, it, it gets, it's really hard. Either way, you have to figure out how to function in the world. Mm. And I think that might be part of why they, they teach you how to function in the world. And, and I think, I think the, what, what needs to happen is they need to teach you, okay, you can be who you are, but you can also, these are the ways that, that a, a survival kit for right now, hmm. maybe. Or, and I think that that might be why they, well, I don't even know if that's why. That's probably part of why. I think right now they just want everybody to be little bots, but <laughs> but that's just that's just a whole nother story. But I do think that that sometimes just talking to a friend can can really just help because all you need to do sometimes is talk. Mm-hmm. And and whether it's talking in your head, you're not always gonna 
get anywhere because you're going around in circles. Sometimes if you just have somebody pose a question, whether it's why, why do you feel this way, why? But um, obviously I need I need to go to a psychiatrist because I need medicine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's a bummer. But I know a lot of the conversations that I have with Eric are very similar to the ones that I had when I went to a psychologist, mm -hmm. the one that does not do medicine. So if you feel comfortable, just mm -hmm. find somebody to talk to, whether mm -hmm. it's, yeah. you know, I mean, shoot, <laughs> don't, 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 don't pay the money. I mean, and yeah, I did get worksheets and whatnot from my psychologist, but I'm sure you can find some online. <laughs> <laughs> Amazon.com has books. <laughs> and from a listening perspective or a holding perspective, tips and tools to share, what have you learned in terms of just kind of being there and asking questions and holding space for someone that needs to, to have someone to, to I, share I, their stuff yeah. with? I've just learned that, that I mean, it's, it's just opened my eyes to just, I mean, everything I've said that, I did not feel this way a year ago. You know, the whole thing about... Or about even when like, you we, Yeah, when you need to embrace people, that we need to embrace the differences of these people. That's oh. something that has come from this podcast that I've realized because it opened the world. Not all of it comes from our conversations, mm -hmm. but, but our conversations turned us on to this neurodiversity term. And that's the fundamental of neurodiversity. And I completely 100% agree with it that... Mm -hmm that we shouldn't be changing these people to to what we want them to be. We need we as right. people need to learn to embrace who they are. And right. and I think that's like the biggest piece to this is that people need to understand that it's they don't it's not all on Tracy. It's on all of us to embrace right. what who Tracy is. And and you know you see the TV shows and you see an autistic child and the autistic child has no real like, they don't have a, a, a thing to tell them what's appropriate to say and what's not appropriate to say. Right. And instead of you trying to, to, to condition them to not say those things, we just need to realize that, that there's something in them that they just lack that ability mm -hmm. and we need to be okay right. that if somebody comes up to you and says something and you're like, whoa, you should have just said that. But, and, and granted, depending on what it is, but because there are just some places that probably shouldn't go, but there's a lot of things that people say they're completely innocent, mm -hmm. but they're just not something you're used to hearing somebody else say. And mm -hmm. I think we need to embrace that of these people because that's what's going to bring them around and that's what's going to bring society around to instead of isolating everybody you know saying this is the de facto person that we want to have and then everybody else that doesn't fall into that realm gets thrown over into this group and we're just going to try to work with them to try and put them into this group yeah i think that's a terrible way to run society yeah, yeah. it's and uncomfortable it, it really is, is. is and it's unfair and in if somebody were to come to me and just the way because my brain doesn't work the same as either of yours. And if somebody were to come to me and say, well, you need to condition yourself to have your brain work this way because that's how everybody else's brain works, yeah. I'd be highly offended by that. And I yeah. think we all would. Yeah. And that's yeah. essentially what we're doing to people that have these conditions mm -hmm. is we're trying to tell them yeah. to live a life that's completely abnormal to them because it's not what they're wired to do. Yeah. So... There is a tension. Um, there's such a tension between 
asking of our communities to embrace and mm -hmm. then asking of individuals to shift or find things that they can do to, right. to change. So how do you navigate that even just within this community? Um, what are some of the challenges or successes that you have found in um, finding community or even the tools that you use yourself or practices? Ooh, that's a heavy one. That is a tough one. <laughs> it's deep. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in terms of in terms of changing and and whatnot, you know, I've just sort of figured out that I've sort of figured out what what I can and can't do, what my barriers are. Mm. Um, it's ironically the episode we have coming out tomorrow. Mm. Um, but so I figured out, you know, okay, so I don't necessarily like small chit chat as much anymore mm. and you'll find out a lot of neurodivergent people don't and uh so so sometimes i do it sometimes i don't sometimes i try to avoid these things sometimes i don't like just to go to a lot of group things so i i just started avoiding a lot of things or i just started just i don't want to say i'm not as not blunt like to where it's mean but I just, I sort of just started being a little bit more me in yeah. places. Yeah. And I think that if more people are, the more themselves. Mm -hmm. Like, and I'm, mm -hmm. I'm introducing it slowly. But, you know, because I don't want to shock the system. Believe me. You know, it's kind of like how I slowly set, started talking about my, my bipolar and all the good stuff that I have. I'm slowly starting to be like, okay, I don't need to follow these social norms. I don't mm -hmm. need to, you know, if I can, I'm, I'm very bad at looking in people's eyes. I try. Um, I'm apparently doing a very good job today with Jess. It seems <laughs> like, um, I just noticed that. I'm like, it wow. Me, it makes you feel very good. Like, like, wow, I must be really comfortable with you. But, uh, but I'm, I can, I can be very uncomfortable looking in people's eyes. Yeah. So I'm, and it's one of those things where, I, I will try and then I'll, other times I'm like, nope, not today. I'm just gonna go <laughs> like like not even. So and and I know pe pe that is one of those those social norms that people find incredibly rude. Mm -hmm. So I find myself just being like, today I'm gonna try to today I'm not. You know, it's yeah. so I I, I slowly I like am finding mm -hmm. myself just being more myself mm -hmm. and. And I, I think I think that's just kind of what you have to do is take mm -hmm. small steps in, and to be where you want to be. And yeah. I think a huge tool that I have found and it, it it works it works somewhat well is to to try to when you when you're trying to explain to a person why maybe Tracy does something that she does. Yeah, I try to equate it to something that within that person's personality yeah you know like like you're asking tracy to do this thing now what if i were to go up to you and say you have this quirky personality thing mm -hmm. and i would tell right. you that you absolutely have to stop that how is that going to work for you mm -hmm. right and most people will realize that not going to work a lot of people have the response of well that's completely different but 
it's not yeah, completely not, different. Yeah, but yeah. hopefully if you beat their heads enough with that concept that <laughs> right. eventually, right. you know, they'll realize, oh, maybe this is similar in nature, mm. you know, and, yeah. and like a, like a big thing is, is that one of the big things that a lot of people have said to me is because Tracy gets migraines a lot. Mm. And I've been told by numerous people that, oh, she uses migraines as a, a crutch. You know, if she doesn't want to do something, oh, I got a bad migraine. And, and I try to explain, uh, like, first of all, you have no idea what a Tracy migraine is like. I don't even know what a Tracy migraine None of us can right. know what a Tracy migraine is like. Right. And, and also, stop and think about it for a minute and realize that if you have a weakness, by nature, we all use our weaknesses as crutches. So if somebody says, well, you should do this, a common response people will give you is, well, I can't do this because of this. Mm -hmm. And that mm -hmm. thing is usually their crutch. And it's like, so you can't expect Tracy not to use migraines as a crutch when we all use migraines as a crutch. Mm -hmm. It just happens to be that for whatever reason, the crutch that Tracy uses, I think bothers people more, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So, and they have no idea how often that happens. <laughs> describe a Tracy migraine. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. What is? How, how do you even describe it? Oh Can my you? gosh! Yeah. It it's they are bad sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I I have I have at least I have fifteen to twenty a month, so um so that's a lot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they range on a pain scale from uh, a good one is. Uh, five or a six that's like oh well it's here I bear I should mark it down but and then um, uh, a not so fun one is a anywhere from a seven or a nine I've never marked down a 10 one because if it's a 10 that's there's no marking oof, down it's, yeah. I, I better yeah. not mark it down yeah. a nine one means I'm crying for my life mm -hmm. so um, the one that I had yesterday was an eight I think and then I woke up with it this morning, all bad. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times it comes with an aura, like I'll, I can't see out of my left eye or there's like, it feels like I've got stuff on it. I get nauseous. A lot of times I try not to eat breakfast, but Eric's really good and forces me to because he knows it's good for me. Um, yeah, and sometimes it makes me sick. So that's fun, that's fun. And let's see, what else I'm trying to think? Sometimes I, I get like the balance thing where you mm. can't really, yeah, there's days where I just, I can't do anything. The rain was making it really, we had rain a couple days, mm -hmm. so it was just like, cool, can't do anything. And, so. and the funny thing I've always find about it is like she said, well, sometimes they're five or sixes. Well, we, none of us really have any idea what that means because a five or six migraine to you might be a two to her. And it, it makes yeah. sense well, that and it and that's be the thing because if she's getting them 30 days a month, yeah. you know, 20 yeah. days a and month. That, and that's the thing because I've had them for like since high school, like my senior year of high school. So, I mean, they just keep building and building and building. So, yeah, I mean, I have no idea what my pain tolerance is compared to anybody else these mm -hmm. days. Like maybe my pain mm -hmm. tolerance is actually not good or maybe I'm like. A yeah. really strong woman. I don't know these. Or maybe if we had a week one of your migraines, we would all be laid out in mm -hmm. bed, not being able to move because exactly. it's so bad. 
but you're just so used probably to it that, that yeah. probably you not. know, <laughs> so you'd be like, oh my gosh, I can't see right now. Yeah. And, yeah. And that's why one of my big things is I have just simply, one of my big pushes in my brain is I never, I try not to judge anybody about anything mm -hmm. because you just, you don't know. Right. You don't know what's behind that is as silly or ridiculous as something might seem to you. You don't know because right. you don't know what yeah. that person's going through. You have no idea the pain threshold or the stress that something causes upon a person because all you can do is offer you what it would do to you. Right. Well, one thing might not stress you at all, but it might put me into a, you know, panic attack. Right. So. That's exactly it. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's scary. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. We're trying yeah. to think of where to go. Yeah, I'd love to hear if you're willing to share kind of uh, bipolar journey diagnosis yeah. and yeah. what that looks like and, and yes. what it feels like and how it varies. You talked sure. a little bit about it in your podcast, but I'd love to hear maybe just a yeah. Um, yeah. Well, so I was actually diagnosed with depression when I was in college. I think it was my freshman year in college of so 2001. And, um, and then when I met Eric, well, it was actually technically 2005, but more so 2006, um, there was somebody, one of his friends, we were, I was talking with her and she said that her boyfriend was bipolar and she was describing it. And I was like, boy, does that sound familiar? And at that point I was like, every two years I had to switch medicines so that was that was a really fun journey. <laughs> it was like, oh, it's been two years, hasn't it? Because it stopped working. Mm. So, so then I went into my psychiatrist, and I was like, so is there a chance I could be bipolar? Because, um, yeah, it you know my pills uh, have to be switched all the time, and you know it kind of feels like I go up and down and this kind of thing. And he's like, you know. I think you might be. So, and for the longest time, I didn't know if I was bipolar one or bipolar two, and I'll explain that in just one sec. So we, um, I don't even remember if I had to take a test or if he asked me a couple questions and then he's like, yeah, you're definitely bipolar. So he put me on, I don't remember if it was one or two pills. I think it was just one at that time. And it seemed to really help. And there was a period of time where we decided like, oh, let's see if we could do this naturally. <laughs> mm -hmm. And bipolar people should never go off with pills. <laughs> just just don't do it, man, because it was a bad idea. Well, and I think we also did it cold turkey, which was probably a terrible idea, too. Because yeah, just... you've been on pills for, I mean, a long time and to just stop one day. That's obviously yeah, which I know not to do. I know not to, to do cold turkey, yeah. too. So that was weird. So, so um, those symptoms were just like way exacerbated. Like yeah, what, what yeah, I was like? bitchy. Yeah, I, 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 I was I real. Okay. I was just yeah. really crabby. <laughs> so so he went. He at that point he had been off of cigarettes and stuff, and he's like, "I'm gonna go have a smoke with my dad." I'm like, "Just go, <laughs> just go." <laughs> 
<laughs> so, so like, yeah, and I think that that whole experiment it lasted five days, and I was like, yeah, tops. you, you got to go back on the pill. Yeah. <laughs> like this is not. Yeah, because because he's like he's a big one who's like, yeah, I don't like a lot of pills in the system. I'm like, yeah, I like to do things naturally too, but you know, there's some that you got to take and. And, uh, yeah, we... And I think a big thing that bothered me about it was that she had to change. She was constantly changing pills right. because mm-hmm. it would just stop working. It wasn't working. Yeah, you know, so maybe right, so maybe right, that right. was before my bipolar. But either way, I, um, you know, I am got back on bipolar pills, whatever. And so then I, uh, I think I had to change once or twice after that or whatever but now i've been on the pills that i've been on now for quite some time the only thing is he had to add in another pill just to kind of like as a pusher just to add in to make sure that it's working to its fullest of of ability and um but yeah so that's that's really really great and i finally through research actually found out which bipolar I am because <laughs> I was like I don't even know if he told me if I'm bipolar one or two <laughs> and so then I'm researching and I'm like mm, yeah it seems like I'm this and then I got a new psychiatrist this past year and I talked with her and she's like okay yeah you're bipolar two yeah I think shoot now I'm questioning my <laughs> oh my gosh yeah I think it's bipolar two because I think bipolar one is the one where you can go manic and then, or you can go hypomanic and then manic, but then bipolar two, you just go, um, you just go hypomanic. So if you go full on manic, that's where it can get dangerous. Where you either go into uh, shopping sprees, which I do sometimes, but not like anything bad. It's like, ooh, I spent a hundred dollars, you know. Which I'm not saying it's good, but it's not bad. It's not like, oh, I bought a new car. <laughs> and it's not like, oh, I just ran down the street naked. And it wasn't a dare. I So there's like a difference, you know, and I'm not and And like, I don't know how often those happen. Mm-hmm. And they don't always happen. If you say, like, I heard a podcast where this gentleman, he, he now, he was having a, a good a good bit of those or at least enough now he's seeing his psychiatrist like weekly and it sounds like he's doing very well and not having those so it very much depends on your severity mm-hmm. how bad you can get but i'm just really glad that i haven't had any of those and i'm i should be <laughs> i should be safe and so so yeah i'm i only go to the hypomanic where you just get energetic and you get really excited and want to paint a picture or something so mm-hmm. so yeah and then you get less sleep so yeah and then you dip down to the depression that's fun not fun yeah yeah but um but yeah so you get you get either depression and then when you're depressed you're like i want to go manic mm. <laughs> and then when you're manic you're like I need to sleep for the love of God. God. <laughs> so that, yeah, it's like whatever mood you're in, you kind of don't want to be in it. You want to yeah. be somewhere level. Yeah. There is a middle. There is there a level. Is a, yeah. There is a middle. Yeah. There is a middle. But then sometimes I'm kind of where I'm like, I can feel that I'm that I'm feeling both of them. I'm like, okay, I'm in a middle zone mm. where I'm like, I'm depressed and I'm manic or hypomanic mm-hmm. technically. And I'm they're both 
tearing at me and I'm like just choose one <laughs> that's I can't remember what that's called offhand um I would have to look at my notes but yeah in that oh it's a mixed mixed duh wow that's like the easiest <laughs> it's mixed so interesting <laughs> duh yeah so you can either be just level in the mixed the hypomanic or technically manic if you are in the bipolar one, I believe, or, um, or you can be depressed and the level of depression just depends. Like winter time, I get bad depression. Mm. Summertime, I don't get as bad. I get it, but it just depends. Mm -hmm. So, yep. So talk about, um, some things that now you said you talked a little bit about some of the things that you've heard people say like um oh she yeah um are there things that you have heard from people or what are some things that you would want people to know if you've heard things that i don't know that that it sounds like they're trying to be helpful, but maybe it's not helpful. <laughs> I've tried. Maybe, yeah, what's helpful maybe, and what's not, right? maybe yeah. you just I can give you. Well, I will. I will. I you one. I'll tell you. I will tell you one. I've tried it. That's all I have to say. I've probably tried it. Mm. My 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 favorite one is is one time I had somebody tell me that that I have a friend who has oh, depression yes. and her depression is nothing like Tracy's. And I was like, well, duh, it's a mental disease. Nobody's is the same. Like, yeah. like they think it's all the same. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, yeah. and the thing is, is that depression, you can either be crying. You can just be, you can feel like a weighted blanket is on top of you or something like that. Like, the other day I, I wanted to send a message to somebody and I was just like, I feel really bad. I didn't send a message, but I just couldn't get out of my hole, you know? And so it's just that depression has this huge range mm -hmm. where, you know, you can, you could be so many different things when you're depressed. You could be so many different things when you're manic and, or when you have any of these different things. So, I mean, it looks different on everyone. Also, we fake it, guys. Well, that's the other part of it too. I mean, that sounded worse than I meant it to. But, um, but seriously, I mean, so if if you if you think like that, I'm that I'm not always sad. I'm not always sad. But if you think that I'm not sad, you know, it's because I try to put on a happy face when I'm coming out because you're making me feel like I should come out all these times or whatever. And then I come out and it's just like, I don't want to be here, but I'm going to smile and then I'm going to go home and then I'm going to be like, Oh, this sucked, mm -hmm. you know? And then there's times where I just don't come out, but, but yeah, I mean, a lot of people like me were, we're just kind of putting it on because we, that's what society tells us to do. <laughs> so, so yeah, I think I think that's a big thing, and it it takes a lot out of me. It really does. Mm -hmm. I mean, I could mm -hmm. be a professional napper. <laughs> I I think that is actually going to be my job now, is just take naps every day. And I can give one more example of it yeah. too. So there are a lot of people 
and maybe you guys can tell me if you can see this in Tracy. When Tracy talks, she's very long-winded. Oh, yeah. And I people feel bad make that, that comment to me all the time about how long-winded she is, how it's like, <laughs> can't she just say it? No. And it's like, <laughs> and, and I try to explain to them, like, like, her brain is wired differently. And how she gets to, from point when you say something to her and how she gets to what she's going to respond, she goes a completely different route than we do. Mm -hmm. And it tends to uh, be a longer, more thorough route of explanation, which actually I think Mm -hmm. in a podcast setting Mm -hmm. works really good. Mm -hmm. But but when you, just in general conversation, people get really frustrated with it. And it's it's like, I, I don't know what to tell you, but you can't expect somebody to change the way their brain works it's it's just the way it is and you just accept it or if it's that big of a deal to you (laughs) then don't talk to her you know because it's fine man i'll I'll just go home and take a nap if you don't want (laughs) 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 so i always appreciate when people elaborate and when people are thorough so So, well because i always think i'm like i'm like did you did you I feel like people don't understand sometimes. I'm like, I'm a very confusing person. So I'm like, did, did you get that? You yeah. know, do you understand? Yeah. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, and my mom always would, would say stuff. And, and my, my dad was like, we don't need to know the color of the dog. And, stuff like <laughs> you know, and, and I understand, I understand people's frustrations with it. Cause I'll be right. honest I, with you. There are times where I will ask Tracy a question. <laughs> and an hour and, later. And I'm like on my way out the door. Is it a left or a right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And, and I'll, I'll get the answer and I'll walk out the door and I'll be like, I bet you she's still talking. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but it, I know. And, and there, there are times where I will catch myself and I'm like, Hold on, you don't need to know that. Wait, let me let me restructure this in my head. You know, and but it's it's just something that's that's in my head. And or I'll catch myself occasionally saying something and I'm like, wait, hold on, let me tell you how I got there in my head. Because in my head, it's like five steps ahead. So what I appreciate also about Sigmas and Open Wounds, and I've only listened to a couple of episodes. I know that I, I need to. Oh, it's, I need to hey, up. I get it. Yes, yeah, <laughs> podcasters, there's like so yeah. many to listen to. <laughs> yeah. um, but is that it is a casual conversation. We're able to laugh about this. Do you ever find um, people that maybe feel like, oh, how can you laugh about this? Or, or do you ever run into that at all? Or are people think... generally... I don't think I've found that yet because okay. I think we keep what needs to be serious serious yeah. and what yeah. needs what we can laugh about we laugh about. Mm-hmm. So I, I think for the most part we're pretty good about that. Yeah. So we haven't found anybody, and yeah. if they are offended, they haven't told us. Yeah, <laughs> so. and, well, and in I have this philosophy with podcasts because it, it goes back. I read this podcasting book and and I thought the guy made a really good point is that is that as podcasters, you don't have to reach the entire world. Mm-hmm. So it's very a, a very important part of being an, on a, a podcaster is that, is that you should be yourself. So you have an audience mm-hmm. that likes yeah. you. Yeah. And yeah. if, if mm-hmm. you know, you don't have to, like I call, me and Tracy have had this conversation before, I call it the NPR 
personality where yeah. where you listen to an NPR podcast and don't get me wrong. Sorry, NPR. I do like podcasts that you do. <laughs> yeah. But I none of your hosts have a personality. You you suck it out of them. You know, they're just voices. And yeah. right. and I would never want to have a podcast that would be like that. So if somebody is ever offended by, you know, we tell a funny story or something about about mental disease and it's kind of sensitive, it like if you can't see that we're not we're not making fun of this right. or, yeah. or the, the intent then, then you, yeah. we're not the right people for you to listen yeah. to yeah. and like and like and you can just go find a different podcast i'm sure npr has a podcast on that, <laughs> that you can listen to and they will never offend you be authentic not everybody's yeah. going to like you i think you talk about that in an episode too yeah of yeah, yeah we actually learning of mm-hmm. Um, I'm okay if this isn't for everybody and it's not going mm-hmm. to be for everybody right. and I'm comfortable being myself and as long as you're yourself then that's what you, yeah yeah well and it yeah. took me a long time to get comfortable with myself it's a journey so I think, right? you know yeah. I mean and I still have I still have a ways to go I mean there's there's times where I'm like oh okay I'm going somewhere tonight let's let me just put this on and <laughs> you know I don't just toss anything on that when I go certain places so it's like yeah you 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 take pride in in yourself but but yeah it, it took me a long time to actually get comfortable with myself so now that I am comfortable with myself mm-hmm. yeah I'm going to make the podcast fun. And, mm. and I mean, obviously, it's, like I said, it's not going to be fun when it shouldn't be fun. It's not going to be like, well, today we're talking about suicide, guys. <laughs> yeah. So buckle up. This is going to be a funny one. Right. No, it's not going to be like that. But, you know, if we have a joke to tell about something, then, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll laugh about, about something if it's silly. And right. we did actually have a phase in the podcast where we yeah, kind I was of started it, it almost where the got podcast too... episode so it started turning into a lot more Tracy researching something and us just talking about the research yeah and it got and really we dull decided and like boring, yeah and I was like did, I don't like this at all yeah we were like very like like I didn't really ever say anything about it but I was not enjoying recording the podcast as mm. much and then mm-hmm. one day she was like she was like I'm not really liking what we're doing right now and and I was like well, can't we go back to being like us, you know, like yeah. being it about mm-hmm. us and being about, you know, not just about m- mental health issues, but also about us and mental health issues yeah. and things like that. Because I felt like that dynamic was much stronger than just, yeah, yeah. you know, researching a topic and then saying what the Internet said about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, yeah, because. Those ones got kind of boring for a while. Yeah. I kind of just want to cut those out. <laughs> <laughs> Will you talk about your podcast stuff yes. and your journey and what you know and uh, kind of your learnings? And you shared a couple of big things, I think, already. And just yeah. kind of yeah, what know. what are you working on? And, and uh, Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so everybody <laughs> hang tight <laughs> because it's going to be a little bad here. Yeah. And you so. just called your partner while we it. So <laughs> keep, it, keep it tight. I got to <laughs> I gotta inhale. And, so... So I do have multiple podcasts. Um, so I'm going to kind of go down the line. I'll, I'll tell it in the story, it, in the way it happened. Yep. So mm-hmm. so believe it or not, the, the first time I ever listened to a podcast, I believe, was 2003. Okay. So so a lot of people might hear that and be like, there was podcasts out there in 2003. And there wasn't a lot, but there was podcasts. And I listened. <laughs> 
And from that, the day I listened to a podcast, I always wanted to have a podcast. So, and finally, um, I got connected into APC and I decided, okay, this is the time where I, I need to make this a reality. So, and I didn't really know what I was going to tell a story about. And, but one of my, one of my oldest best friends has been writing books about the Milwaukee Mafia for years. So we started having the conversation about what about making a Milwaukee Mafia podcast. Mm-hmm. So, and then, you know, that kind of dragged on for like six months. And, and then my friend started really putting like, he started telling people about this and everybody was like, that's a good idea. You should do it. Mm-hmm. So he's like, come on, Eric, are we going to do this? And we're going to do this. <laughs> so finally, finally, like, I'm like, all right, we'll do this. So we started the Milwaukee Mafia podcast and and I'm a very, very shy person, a very introverted person. So like the whole idea of getting on something like this like two years ago was terrifying to me. But we we started the podcast and I was like, well, this is really isn't that bad. Mm-hmm. And I and I felt like like the role I was playing, it was like, I'm pretty good at this. So then so then we started that and then I was like my friend also wrote another book called Fox City's Murder and Mayhem. Mm-hmm. And I was like, one of the things when I got involved with APC that I really, really, really wanted to see, and I still want to see this, is it's great that people make podcasts, that we now know people in the Valley that make podcasts. But what I really want to see is local specific podcasts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sp- podcasts about this area, because there's no reason why... We can't have a news show. We can't have a restaurant review mm-hmm. show about our area. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I looked at and I said, well, what if we were to turn Fox City's Murder and Mayhem into a podcast? Because Fox City's Murder and Mayhem is all about murders that that um, happen in this area. So then that came came about and we started doing that. Probably about a year in, my friend got an email from a guy and he said this guy just said like hey I'm I used to live in South Milwaukee and I have a story that I think you'd really like to hear so my friend started talking to him and it turned out this guy had was pretty much just coming off of 15 years in prison mm-hmm. he was when he was when he was about 13 years old he joined the Latin Kings in South Milwaukee he ended up killing at least one person while he was a Latin king. And then right around 2005, I think, they indicted everybody that was involved with the Latin kings in Milwaukee mm-hmm. and just kind of killed it. And he ended up going to jail. Now he's out of jail and he wanted to tell a story. So we had him on Milwaukee Mafia to do a four-part series just about what it was like to be in the Latin kings and stuff like that. And he told that story. And this guy was a phenomenal storyteller. Mm. And so once we were done with that four-part series, I was like, you know, his name's Berto. I was like, Berto, you should really have a podcast of yourself. Mm. So then three weeks later, he's like, Eric, I want to do a podcast. So that's where wow. normalized crime came from was that that's now Berto's podcast. So I do that with Berto. And then... One of the episodes we were going to do on Fox City's Murder and Mayhem wasn't really a murder. But when we were, 
when I was in high school, <laughs> there was a coffee house, and maybe you guys might remember this, but there was a coffee house on College Avenue, and it was called Wired. And there was some very unique individuals that hung out at Wired, and me and my friends, all we did is hung out at Wired. <laughs> and we met all these very unique individuals. Yeah. And one of these individuals claimed to have a, a tail and claimed that, I don't know if anybody knows this, but there's like, I think they're like bomb shelters under College Avenue. So there's tunnels under mm. College Avenue that go between the businesses and stuff. Mm. And he claimed that, that he had a tail. The government had done a bunch of tests on people and they had like mutated people. So, so some of these people were not, they weren't in, they weren't, they couldn't live among society. He could live among society because he just had a little nub of a tail. And, but the rest of these people were living in these tunnels under college Avenue for anybody that's listening to this. I want to make this very clear. This is not true. It's ridiculous. And, but so we were going to just do an episode about all the stories we heard at this coffee mm. house because there was multiple people and at one point in time my friend became obsessed with this and mm. and so the guy told him he's like yeah there's an entrance to these tunnels in Peabody Park so I remember we all had to go down and see if we could find the entrance to the tunnels and stuff so we just wanted to do a podcast just about this and so we did the podcast but we so I had at that time I was um, my friend's sister was editing our podcast and she edited the podcast and she's like you guys you can't you can't publish this podcast <laughs> it's, it's, it's like it's like there was multiple um, comments made about how crazy the person that was telling us was this and he's oh, like it was just sure. it's really offensive so don't publish this episode yeah. so we never oh. published it but because of that we brought in a third one of my friends into this podcast and do it with us and i'm like man jason you're really good at this so you should have a podcast too <laughs> so, so then we started we started on so gavin and jason are really big horror movie buff fans mm -hmm. and i hate horror movies especially the horror movies that they love yeah, so yeah. we just started a podcast where once a week we get together and we listen to we watch a terrible, terrible horror movie. But it's awesome to them. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's awesome to them. Talking about, Some of yeah. them are not awesome to yeah. them, actually. Some of them we <laughs> watched. But what then, is the name of that one? That one's called Hobbs and Horror. Okay. You like horror movies, Jess? I do. Yeah. Well, I like the... Not so much the, like, real... Um, like kind of seriousy ones anymore. Oh, they're um, not serious. But no, I do like the ones that get... Because I'm... I yeah. know Gavin. Yeah. And um yeah, so I see what he posts and yeah, that would be right up my alley. Yeah. Like so, the B horror movies. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's yeah, so definitely B. Or like it's just basically see your Yeah. And and I mean uh, to just to forewarn anybody that listens to that podcast, that podcast is just fun. Yeah. So that we we yeah. are just really having fun. So yeah, the conversations go off on like crazy tangents yeah. and and things like that. So I mean, sometimes we get through reviewing a movie and I feel like we haven't even talked about the movie because <laughs> they just go off on, you know, this guy was executive producer on this movie and then they tell all these stories about this guy and stuff like that. So it's a really a fun app, but it but it's amazing to do and it brings 
three high school friends yep. together to do yeah. something yeah. every week, yeah. you know. That's so cool. That's awesome. And then the final one is, like I said before, my main business is selling selling media on Amazon. So mm-hmm. I started a podcast to... That biz- that whole business, which I won't go back into, that I'm trying to launch, I, w- I started a podcast to kind of put with that to hopefully drive people from the podcast into, into the using business. those yeah. services. Yeah. So, awesome. A lot of work. Advice. I mean, it sounds like do what you like doing. Yeah. Do, do, if I, yeah. Uh, advice don't, don't, about podcasting? Yeah. yeah, yeah, my, yeah. My number just start. Yeah, yeah just, just start. It, it's, not, it's not nearly as hard. Like, you no. know, mm-hmm. everybody seems to think like, wow, I could never do that. But I mean, I literally watched one video on on um, Skillshare. And then and, he showed me how to do it. Yeah. So and, then... and that's how I learned how to edit. Yeah. <laughs> it was off of one like 10 minute video that wasn't even about editing a podcast. It was about editing your audio for a course. Mm-hmm. But it gave me the whole br- blueprint to, to do it. And it's. It's one of the most rewarding things. Like mm-hmm. I do a lot of podcasts, so there are days where people where I have to podcast, and I'm like, God, I really, yeah, I just want to go home and relax <laughs> tonight. But okay, but I never, never regret <laughs> after I'm done mm-hmm. editing mm-hmm. a podcast, and it's I feel like it's something everybody should do, even if you I don't agree. publish it. But like I've actually thought about doing something like where. You know, my parents are getting at retirement age now, and I've thought about, like, oh, yeah. like let's sit down sit and down just do recordings of you talking about things mm-hmm. from your childhood and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And I'm like, I won't ever release it publicly, but... Right, but just to but, have... But it's just like a, yeah, mm-hmm. thing, like... Yeah. You know? Yeah, but if you find something that you love, it's just, it's rewarding to yourself just to talk about stuff because you can you're gonna find that you could talk about way more than you thought you could talk about believe me mm-hmm. and once you get over the humps of starting a podcast as you can see in my situation it becomes very <laughs> addicting yeah well i mean so, yeah. there was there was actually a weekend that he came home and i was like i think i'm gonna start a book review podcast he's like really i was gonna do the same thing do you want to merge them <laughs> so no actually yeah, that i may have misstated that when i said that i thought of that for our for your podcast I, I was intending oh, well. to pitch that to you as an idea for your So, body. yeah, so we're going to do that together now. So we're we're actually com- coming out with another one, <laughs> <laughs> like, really soon. But, uh, but, yeah, so I think it's just really funny how all of a sudden it's just like you have how many irons in the fire, and then it's like, well, hey, we could mm-hmm. do Let's something. Let's throw another one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I th- yeah, so, okay, what was I just going to say? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, so it's a different way, right, of thinking through things, of talking about things, of gaining perspective, of learning. So, I don't know, where are we? How are you doing? Getting close. Yeah, it's 10 to 4. Okay. I should wrap a little bit after 4. Okay. Um, Yeah, so talk about maybe, for you, maybe the biggest things that either both of you have learned either together or um, each of you (laughs) individually (laughs) that you have learned from podcasting. That's a good one. I, you know, I think podcasting was one thing that I have this philosophy now in life that everything anybody does, when you all break it all down, it's really easy to do. 
And yeah. I think that that mm. comes from podcasting because I thought podcasting was going to be something that was going to be extremely difficult and extremely, you know, time consuming and things like that. And once I did podcasting, I'm like, this is something like I felt like was way outside of my wheelhouse of yeah. my abilities to do. Uh -huh. And once I did it, I'm like, I'm pretty confident now that it's about doing it and yeah. there is nothing you can't do, mm -hmm. you know? And I think that's the biggest thing that I've learned from podcasting was just the sheer that it gave me the philosophy that I really, I think I can do anything that I put my mind to, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. it might take me, you know, even something hard or difficult to, that you thought was out of reach. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. now there's things where now when I approach things, I look at it and I'm like, a lot of before a lot of times I would look at it and say, yeah, I, I just don't think that's something in my skill set that I could ever do. And now I don't feel that way. Like it, mm -hmm. like my philosophy is is that the only thing stopping me from doing this is not doing it because yeah. I'll figure it. It might take me a while, but I'll figure it out and it'll mm -hmm. work. Yeah. So I love that. I think that I've learned that just the hard work is worth it. So whether it's the hard mm -hmm. work of doing the research for yourself and or the the hard work of just putting together a podcast whatever hard work it might suck it might not be fun but the hard work it uh it's definitely worth it in the end so you know always keep that in mind like what might you get out the other end mm -hmm. if you right. do the hard work yeah. and so. i think one of the biggest biggest i mean we both don't have we obviously don't have kids and the biggest thing that I take from it is, is that we're, this is something we're going to leave to the world. I mean, who knows, life. who knows if anybody will listen to it after we're dead. But if somebody does want to hear our talk, there's about, you know, 200, 500, whatever hours of content out there yeah. that, that'll be there by the time we're gone that somebody can hear us. Right. So. I like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, that's probably a good place to end. Unless you have <laughs> anything else that you want to share. No. No. Thanks, right, thanks yeah. so much for being on. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for, for having, having us, us, man. Thank yeah. you.